Hey, it's Brian, and I rarely answer cold calls. I never answer phone numbers I don't recognize. You're best off texting me, but if you've made it this far, if you do not leave a message, there is absolutely no chance that I'll call you back. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Senator Marsha Blackburn. Tonight, I'm hosting a live telephone town hall with your neighbors to discuss the issues most important to you and your family including all the product shortages, the chaos on the southern border, and sky-high gas and grocery prices. I'm sorry that I missed you. Your opinions and your feedback are so important to us as we work in Washington to represent you. We'll have other opportunities to connect. Please feel free to contact the office, 202-224-3344. Or visit the website at blackburn.senate.gov. <laughs> Shut up! What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Oh, isn't that nice? Senator Marsha Blackburn, the Marjorie Trailer Park Green of Middle Tennessee. I guess she's from Middle Tennessee. I don't know. Anyway, Senator from Tennessee. Thanks so much for calling. Welcome into the Stone on Air podcast. It is the 18th of May. Getting an early start today, so I'm in a good mood because of that. Plenty to get to today. Thanks for finding the show. Almost talked it up on time. Yeah, no thanks on the phone call town hall, Marsha Blackburn. No thanks at all. So on uh, Mother's Day, uh, my sister's, I guess, boyfriend, whatever he is, was at the house. And a uh, good guy, nice guy. And he's like, uh, hey, man, uh, did you watch the Trump town hall on CNN? I was like, what? <laughs> did I watch the town hall on CNN with Trump? What? Oh, are you new here? Did we just meet today? No, I didn't watch that nonsense. And I don't engage in any of this nonsense. Not that it was Trump. I'm just done with all of this all the way around. The only reason that I will for sure continue to vote in um, in all elections is because I enjoy doing it. But uh, I am absolutely donezo, as they say, with... Um, Anything that comes to uh, federal politics, for sure, and even really uh, state politics. I mean, I'm still going to talk about it occasionally if it matters that much on the show, but uh, I'm sure as bleep not going to sit around here and talk about it on uh, on Mother's Day. No, thank you. Uh, so welcome into the show here. Um, I will say real quickly on the front end here, there's going to be a little bit of language in this episode more than normal, and I know that's kind of uh, creeping in more and more because why not? Overall, we're all adults here, right? But I don't really like to go that road. I think gratuitous anything, sex, violence, language, all that kind of stuff is uh, is needless in good programming. I think uh, if the content is good, it doesn't need all that nonsense. But there's going to be some. I could have edited some of it out, but I didn't feel like it. So 
you've been warned on the front end of the show. I'll get you a typical three-segment show as per usual and um, a little bit of a shift in gears of the second segment, which will be I was going to spend a majority of the time on um, cashless America potential because of the news of Riverbend going cashless. And um, I was going to dive into that some. I still will a little bit. But then I caught wind of this, uh, these 44 count, the uh, indictment against that piece of trash, Daniel Wilkie, uh, formerly of the Hamilton County Police Department. Uh, Also, I believe he was in the Ray County Police Department at one time. I can't keep it all straight. Uh, Luckily, this this garbage can is no longer on the police force, but uh, continuing to show that we have a lot of bad cops around here. I will go into that unexpectedly, meaning when I started prepping for the show several days ago, um, I'll do that in the second segment of the show. And in the third segment of the show, this one's going to be it's going to be kind of fun. And it is a version of a story maybe I shouldn't tell because there could be some people that think that I'm lying to try to cover up. A, uh, a misstep by me on social media as I was quote-unquote hacked, if that's what you want to call it. Um, that's not really exactly what it was, <clears throat> but I will save all my thoughts for that in the third segment. Trust me, this one is a doozy. It, was, um, it actually was a little scary for just a couple of minutes. All of that coming up in the third and final segment of the show. I'll get you three pieces of audio here in about 10 minutes from right now. A little more than that, as a matter of fact. We'll call today the realest thing, the worst idea, and then I'll get you the coolest thing as well. So we'll start the open with the rundown of just random things going on here. As soon as I bring bring it up last week that gas prices were on their way back down and then my continual puzzlement continuing or continued, I should say, puzzlement of why that always happens and how I can never understand what the reasoning is, boom, immediately it shoots right back up. Down here, uh, the cheapest gas in East Ridge at the Food City went from 287 to 309 in like a day, or maybe it was a couple of days, but I didn't see it. Normally it moves about 10 cents at a time. And here's another thing I noticed here recently, and I meant to mention it last week and I forgot, the biggest concern of of gas prices really is in shipping, and diesel has been crazy through the roof during all of this um, just inflation and inflated prices all the way around, but diesel is way down. Diesel is like $3.5 a gallon in a lot of places, which is just about 20 to $0.30 cents more than it is for the regular unleaded, which really doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, I never understood why it was so much more. And now why is it so much closer to regular regular unleaded? And the madness, man, the madness. And what I also have noticed being back and forth to East Brainerd a lot is that um, sometimes Ottawa, but many times in East Brainerd, you're getting much cheaper gas than I'm seeing it in East Ridge and other areas, Hickson and others that I've I've popped in here and there. So just in case you wondered, it's a little bit under $3 a gallon in um, up and down East Brenner Road for the most part. At least it was as of record time. Who the hell knows by the time you wake up tomorrow? A quick uh, 
uh, review, I guess, if you will, of the Ritual Zero Proof. That's the name of the brand. I bought some non-alcoholic gin, and I was all excited about it. And it got shipped, and I got it on Friday of last week, so a little bit less than a week ago. And I bought four bottles because my dumb ass saw that, hey, if you buy four, you get a better deal. And I'm not normally one that gets duped into better deals. But if it is something I'm going to enjoy and I can get it cheaper, well, why not? Well, in this case, I didn't know that I was going to enjoy it. I won't spend any amount of time on it. The stuff sucks. Oh, my God. It is absolutely awful. I don't know in what universe, in what world anybody's living in, that they think this stuff tastes like gin. It is awful. So if you happen to know anybody who wants three and a half bottles of non-alcoholic gin, send them my way and I will let them or you or whoever have it. I guess I'll keep it in the, you know, in the pantry, if you will, shelves for now, just because I don't want to throw it away. But I was terribly disappointed in that. The uh, radio show on 88.1 went well, was fun. Hopefully you were able to catch that. I am not going to post it on the Stone on Air feed. I don't really want to mess with it in case there are legal issues. Not that I'm worried about legal action. It, if I put it up, it might get pulled down. And it's not the Stone on Air show, so I'm not going to put it on, on the feed. So hopefully you were able to catch that. But I did mention that I wanted to hold my thoughts on WTC until after the show was over. And one of their hosts, Paul Jackson, a, a big supporter of mine, and I know that I've met him at one point, but I'm not, I'm not, we're not friends or anything. I'd love to be able to chit-chat with him more next time I see him. But he was, this is kind of brave, was posting on social media, Facebook primarily, Last week about uh, WUTC and NPR all the way around. And I, like I said, is a little bit brave to be doing this with him being on the air. Many of these specialty shows are not paid for, or excuse me, are not compensated for the people who host them. Surprise, surprise. But Paul posted, when you donate to your favorite public radio station, please kindly ask them to stop begging 200 plus times a day, 24-7. This is not how public radio is supposed to work, and it's insulting to donors and listeners alike. I couldn't agree more, Paul. I've been calling WUTC Panhandle Radio for quite some time now. Uh, he continues to go on and says, seriously, folks, they refuse us, uh, excuse, excuse me, they refuse to allow us, the volunteers, to promote our shows, which we contribute many hours to every week for zero pay, because they fill every single break with the same begging spots over and over again ad nauseum. Sometimes three spots in a row, long after the pledge drive ends. This has been happening for over a year. This has been happening for many years, by the way, as a listener, I could say. Uh, the 200-plus time estimate is based on an actual count while listening throughout the day. Don't get me wrong. We do what we do because we love it. But some changes are long overdue for the sake of the community and loyal listeners. If you're a member or donor, please let your voice be heard. And um, that's that's bold to go on social and say that out loud. I think that proves even more as I got no likes, no retweets, no comments on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter from WTC. It looks like they're not even paying attention to their social media 
I don't know who runs the joint over there, but I know it is amateur hour of all amateur hours of radio, and I get it. It's NPR. That's what they do, and when I say they, I mean just the overall umbrella of national public radio is, generally speaking, a lower-end product, and it almost seems like some people do it purposely to sound like a college radio station, but it's not run by college kids, so why sound like a piece-of-crap college radio station if you could do better? So I beg of you, WUTC, do better, even though you know they won't. Uh, get to this thing here, Chattanooga, the next big city. We've been doing this for the last couple of years, or last couple of decades, I should say. But how about this? Bud Light outrage spreads to Miller Lite's new ad campaign. Or yeah, well, that's what some people want you to think. Miller Lite is catching flack this week after a commercial which came out at least two months ago was deemed woke by the social media crowd that determines such things. And by social media, it means primarily Twitter. A social media that virtually nobody walking around actually uses. Miller Lite apparently is conciliatory, conciliatory about the past depiction of women in beer advertising, not only in its own ads, but across the industry. The usual suspects on the right express their anger with Miller Lite on social media. People on the other side of the political aisle didn't seem to be too bothered. And that's about all I'll put into that. I was going to play the spot, but it's really a stupid ad. It's about 90 seconds. It's one of the chicks from one of those Comedy Central shows. Uh, just Several years ago, it was really popular. I can't remember the name of it. But it was basically saying, sorry for objectifying women so much over the years for all these Bud Light ads, or excuse me, Miller Light ads. We apologize. Women are strong, and women are part of our workforce and all this. So basically, it's a celebration of women. And a bunch of loudmouth asshole types like Clay Travis and others who think they've just all of a sudden gotcha, you know, gotcha guys, are posting all this go woke, go broke nonsense. There's still not a single industry or major media or or any kind of conglomerate or corporation that's gone broke because they went woke, supposedly. Uh, just more buzzwords and nonsense to throw around on socials. Um, but leave it to a bunch of these people to take an ad that is saying, hey, sorry, women didn't mean to treat you bad in the past and we, don't, we hold you up in high regard now and call that some kind of social media wokeness. Ugh, it's just it's it's just nonsense. And uh, it's already it's already passed. Like, it didn't stick. So thankfully, because I'm a fan of the brand and work for them, I'm happy about that. And then this thing came out the other day. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on it either, but... Um, and you know cities just pay other people to write these. They're just basically pay-for-play, quote-unquote, articles that are just advertisements for the most part. The next Austin question mark? This booming city in Tennessee is about to take a leap into quantum networking. Chattanooga is hurtling forward with a 25-gig network for everyone and a major new business push behind so-called quantum networking. I don't know exactly what that means, to be honest with you, and I guess I'll find out soon enough. On Wednesday, the Company Lab, a nonprofit accelerator for early-stage startups, unveiled a program to fund and advise six startups working on new approaches to su sustainable mobility. Meanwhile, developers of telecommunications companies EPB's new quantum network that debuts in July hope the network and related efforts will put Chattanooga on the leading edge of the next generation of cybersecurity, computing, and other technologies. And um, 
are we the next Austin? Um, I, you know, I don't know. Hopefully not. It was w- 10 years ago, roughly, that the Chattanooga is the boulder of the South was the big uh, thing that everybody talked around here. Hey, listen, we're not Asheville. We're not Greenville. We're not Nashville. We're not Boulder. We're not uh, Austin. We're the city of Chattanooga, and it's okay to just be us. And we're not nearly as cool as we think we are, but we are still pretty cool. So can we just cool it on the, are we some other city of the South? No, we're Chattanooga. We're pretty cool on our own. Let's just be cool together. And let's shift gears quickly. Today's realest thing, um, I mean, she's not wrong. That's all I can say here. You might not like how it sounds, but she's not wrong. The reason that they won't do fuck all about school shootings, but they'll throw temper tantrums about drag queen story hours and the ludicrous idea that there is such a thing as social spread related to the transgender experience is because Americans don't care about protecting their children. They care about protecting the indoctrination process surrounding their children because the white American nuclear family buttressed by cultural Christianity um, is the breeding ground for capitalism. It is the locus of training the mind, body, and psyche to become a worker that will then be exploited by billionaires and corporations for profit. America is a farm and our children are the fucking crops. And a child exposed to a variety of lived experiences is a child they cannot control. I don't know why that cut off. That wasn't my bad edit. They cannot control. A child with a lot of life experiences is a child they cannot control. She's not wrong. I don't know how anybody could say, hey, that's a crazy thought there. This isn't anything about uh, Christian values, moral, the family together, the mother and the father. and the. It's not about any of that. It's about we don't want kids to be too experienced so they don't grow up and say, hey, uh, the F's going on around here, guys. She's not wrong. This is today's worst idea. This is what most podcasts sound like, which means they most of them absolutely suck. Welcome to episode three of my new podcast. Today we have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, tell everyone your name and what you do. Now, are you asking me how I make money or what I do? Bro, that is... Mm. That is deep, man. I, 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 I don't know, man. Just like enter it in whatever way. I started right a business you. in um, in 2000. Uh, and like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I really like to live life authentically, like the most Same, authentic version and uh, who I am down, down at my core, if that makes sense. Right. I do right. a lot of things that um Mm -hmm. the things that i do are like incredibly like it's more complex than that you know know? yeah it's such nonsense just listen to any uh podcast that involves just like people talking to each other like oh bro like i mean come on it's what you get so often and the coolest thing it's an emo rock band that is just now back on a reunion tour to give you a hint see if you can guess who this is being played on piano
I can tell you this. It sounds a lot better than the real version, which will go out here to close the open segment. Yeah, it's Blink-182, one of the dumbest bands ever. And the more I listen to them as their reunion tour has hit here recently, the more uh, that is just confirmed to me that they are one of the dumbest bands ever. Coming up next, I will talk about the Riverbend going cashless thing and uh, what that cashless society thing might mean to us overall. I'll spend a very short amount of time on that and then this piece of trash, Daniel Wilkie, all of these 44 counts have been thrown out and shocked, I guess, should be nobody, but if, uh, if, if anybody, if any of us, if anybody you know is trusting police officers back in the blue no matter who, uh, you're a goddamn fool. That I will stretch out on next. to more stone on air that's exactly what i wanted to hear stone on air.com a cashless society means zero cash no car boot sales or markets no tooth fairy or piggy banks no savings for a rainy day no tipping the waiter or hairdresser no giving to the homeless no giving to busking musicians no selling unwanted items for cash no buying anything with privacy a 100 digital currency means you are 100 dependent on a power source and the internet every penny you receive will be recorded and every transaction 100 100% track. A central bank digital currency in the United States will be 100% live in July. This is all in efforts to push towards a social credit system. Our cash is our freedom. Wake the fuck up. Yeah, he's not wrong. And it's Goose. If you take a, if you take a tumble, if you take a spill, we are just a little over two weeks away from Riverbend. And Goose on the Ultra Stage. Saturday night of Riverbend at 7.30. I expected there to be a lot of people yelling and arguing back and forth on the social media feeds of the Times Free Press about this. And was going to spend a few minutes on that and then realize that, well, at least on the initial few that I saw it wasn't all that much and then this Daniel Wilkie thing came up but yeah no uh, no cash at Riverbend I, I I thought that was already the case I know that they might have had the 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 chips in the wristbands last year to be able to load up and scan that's not going to be a thing so you're just using your card it is becoming more and more the norm a uh, cashless venue a cashless uh, arena, cashless ballparks, yeah, virtually all of them I go to these days. That seems to be the case. And I, I just saw a, uh, a blurb somewhere that the signal that just opened a couple of weeks ago officially is also now a cashless venue. The Atlanta Braves, cashless venue. Uh, Nissan Stadium and the Titans, same deal. And I primarily only function through my life uh, with cards and electronic payments and I've always understood that there's a little bit of danger that potentially comes with that, a little vulnerability because of the nature of, of cyber attacks and, and, and all that, even of the, the major amounts of security that has been designed and overall does a really nice job through um, private companies, public, federal, the whole deal. There's still always going to be a possibility of something really bad that can happen. And... 
And and really, I've been saying for years, I hope I'm wrong on this, but the the next major attack on America is going to be a cyber attack. Our banks one day are not going to work. Our ATM machines, if, they, if they're still a thing, which they probably won't be before too long, I think an ATM machine is going to become or go the way of the, the payphone. I think at some point those will be a thing of the past. But yeah, there's a lot of potential um, danger there. And also, all the uh, the crypto types are been you know screaming this kind of stuff all the time. I'm not even going to begin to start talking crypto on this show, not unless there's a guest on to talk to me about it. Because just like gas prices, I can still never quite understand the trade and the overall value or the lack thereof of cryptocurrency. But I think that the people who are against cashless societies would also be the same people who are very much for uh, crypto, which is anything but actual cash. I don't know. Have I, are, you, are you confused yet? Because I already kind of am. But from um, one of these webs, what is this? Finance dot something or other is a cashless society, the new reality. And it was a long one here. So it just, it does sum it up. It just says, if you only have a couple of minutes, here's some of the takeaways. A cashless uh, economy. The pros are increased scope for monetary policy, reduced tax evasion, less crime and corruption, savings on cost of cash, and accelerated the modernization of citizens. The cons of a cashless economy, potential violation of privacy, increased risk of large-scale personal and national security breaches, and technology-dependent financial inclusion says here from this piece, country's best position to go cashless include the United States, the Netherlands, Japan, Germany, France, Belgium, Spain, the Czech Republic, China, and Brazil. It talks about many of these countries have already, uh, India and Sweden being two of the uh, the first to really push for mostly cashless overall societal arrangements. And um, I, I could go on about that for a while, but I don't have uh, time if I want to hate on this uh, Daniel Wilkie guy here in just a minute. One more from this, it says, these costs of cash include ATM fees for individuals, cash storage and transportation expenses for businesses, and currency printing costs for the governments. The aggregate cost of cash in the United States is $200 billion annually. Really? The aggregate cost of cash in the United States is $200 hundred billion dollars annually that's just to have cash in circulation so the brinks truck guy is going to need to get a new job eventually one of these days and the printing of all this money i guess is quite costly i still don't understand why we continue to print coins why we or why we make coins i guess you don't print them why in the hell we still create pennies I mean, I don't. If I have pennies, I just short, just shy of just throw them in the garbage can because they are completely worthless. It has to cost more money to create change, to uh, to to manufacture change. It must cost more money than that change is actually worth. A dollar bill is not worth anything anymore. And when the government decided to make a coin once upon a time, the dollar bill, that kind of solidified that um, uh, accusation that a dollar is completely worthless. Well, yeah, it's so worthless they turned it into a coin as well. I don't know if the dollar coins are still in circulation or not. But a couple of the uh, comments on 
the Times Free Press, is, uh, their post on this. Uh, one guy says, negative, they're doing it uh, for, for their ease as well as passing on the credit card fees to the customer. Another one says, I've been to many, many festivals, and every time the fees are passed on to the customer. Tennessee is one of the states where it is legal to do so. Someone responds, says, meh, if you say so. Just attended a cashless festival two weeks ago, and there are no additional fees for using my bracelet to purchase while on the festival grounds. Well, I guess unless you count the overpriced beers, which are present at any festival or stadium, cashless or not. And another response, and that's where the additional costs go, the cost of the consumable. Expect to see a rise in the cost of consumables by approximately 15 to 3.5%. At the end of the day, if people want to pay that, that's fine. It's their own free choice. Continuing on down the thread, I guess I just have a problem with it being advertised as something to, quote, help us in some way. Using my credit card, with the exception of large purchases, has never helped me. In fact, it's cost me more money. Convenient? Eh, I guess. If people want to pay more for convenience, sure. But that should be an option for the consumer, not a forced standard. Another one is, then, you can count me out. Stupid decision. Uh, Let's see. In response to that, please elaborate. I'm interested to know why you feel this is so stupid. And then the last one, probably because some TV channel told him it was a sign of the end of times and the beginning of government completely tracking our purchases. And I guess that's probably got a lot of truth to it as well. So uh, does this change anything for me? No, not at all, because I was going to have my card and purchase everything with it that way anyway. And since I won't be buying those overpriced, disgusting Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, or whatever garbage beers they sell there, I'm not going to have to worry about it. But Riverbend has just joined what most major festivals, venues, and uh, overall facilities of any kind are doing these days. All right, so that's it for that. Let's just go back in time for a minute. Back in the late 90s to early 2000s, but it would have been more like late 90s. 96, 97, 98, roughly around in there. And there was this guy, a police officer named Wilkie. Never knew his first name. He was just Officer Wilkie. And a guy I ran with for several years, drove a Camaro, drove like a crazy person. We're lucky we're alive we really did have kind of a Bo and Luke Duke kind of uh, wannabe syndrome where, you know, we were the cool guys that drank whenever we wanted and smoked whenever we wanted. We drove as fast as we wanted. And, um, and well, and we liked Dukes of Hazard. But uh, who from the South didn't like Dukes of Hazard at one point in their life? And this guy, Wilkie, was quote unquote out to get us all the time, and primarily my friend Zach, who was the uh, the driver, because I didn't have a license for so many years, because I kept getting arrested all the time for drinking underage. I didn't have a license for several years until I was into my twenties, early twenty. By the time I was about twenty years old, and um, it was uh, Officer Wilkie out to get us. And there was one day when I had a uh, party at my house. I believe we were all over the age of 18 at this point at my mom's house where she still lives now. Sorry, mom. And there was a bust, if you will. The 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 cops showed and I was in nowhere near sober state. Surprise, surprise. 
and it was way more than just drinking. Like, there was a lot of drugs going on that night. And I took off on foot and ran away. <laughs> I ran from my own house. And where we live out in lived out in the neighborhoods that connect Rolling Ridge, Mountain Shadows, and Shadow Ridge, there was a huge cow pasture back behind our house. It just went on and on and on. Now East Hamilton's back there, the high school. They're building more houses, of course. And it's not a cow pasture anymore. But I just went and just took off. Like, I am not getting arrested again. I don't care if they come and take over the house and, you know, arrest everybody there. I won't be anywhere to be found. And eventually I come back to the house hours later. Maybe I was sobered up a little bit. I'm not sure. And I get back to the house and, like, there's people just hanging out there. And they're like, yeah, Officer Wilkie was here, ran everybody off. Except for, I, I don't remember how it unfolded, but there weren't major arrests. And the house was, now we just kind of like, okay, well, where's the beer? Let's keep it going. So that's just my thoughts on that. That Wilkie. I am nearly certain, but cannot be sure, that that is the father of this Daniel Wilkie guy. I know, based on threads and things that I've read, that... This Daniel Wilkie, who was formerly on the Hamilton County, uh, he was a deputy, also in other surrounding counties. I know he has family members that are that are also on different forces based on people talking. But I a Google search just did not find me this information. But it would appear that asshole police officers run in this family. The 44-count indictment against former Hamilton County Deputy Daniel Wilkie dismissed. Dashcam video in question shows the uh, Deputy Wilkie strip, stripping, searching, and hitting a James Mitchell during a traffic stop in 2019. Five accusing the former deputy of misconduct, leading to 44 criminal charges against Wilkie. But Friday morning, that would have been last week, on the advice of a special prosecutor, the judge threw out all criminal charges. Daniel Wilkie's charges of rape, sexual battery, extortion, and assault in the indictment were filed almost four years ago. Multiple lawsuits had accused Wilkie of misconduct during traffic stops, including an illegal drug search, a forced baptism, and groping girls. I will come back to a little bit more of that in just a second. I have one clip here from, I believe it's News Channel 9. I apologize if I got that wrong. Talking about that very thing, the forced baptism. You might be thinking, wait a second, what the hell are you talking about? Well, you probably just forgotten by now. This dude was abusing power so terribly. And uh, I'll just play this clip here just to kind of a little refresher. A baptism is a pretty common sight in the South, but this cell phone video entered as evidence in federal court shows a sheriff's deputy baptizing a woman he just pulled over. That deputy, Daniel Wilkie, seen stripped down to his boxer short. The video recorded by his former partner, Jacob Goforth, and the woman you see in the water with Wilkie, Shandell Riley, one of the seven people suing him, saying Wilkie violated her civil rights. The suit says 
says Wilkie told Riley he would only give her a citation instead of take her to jail for marijuana remnants in her car if she let him do this. In court filings, Daniel Wilkie admitted to baptizing Riley. However, he claimed she specifically asked the deputy to do it so she could, quote, turn away from her life of drug abuse and crime. But the lawsuit says Riley felt horribly violated. And we may never know her whole story. She died in April of this year. A medical examiner's report blames a drug overdose. Yeah, she wound up dead shortly after. I won't even begin to speculate on that. I'm going to read some um, comments from the comment section of Court TV, where I found this clip interviewing one of the, uh, well, I think is almost not quite a class action, but close to it, the uh, attorney Robin Flores here locally talking to Court TV. This is a couple of years ago. How would you describe, I mean, you're talking about uh, forced baptisms, cavity searches, um, groping uh, off of routine traffic stops. How would you describe this guy? I, I am forbidden under our rules of professional conduct in Tennessee and our federal court from rendering an, an opinion. I can tell you that in our claims, we have alleged that he is, in essence, um, a loose cannon that the uh, sheriff or the county knew or should have known posed a threat to the community. And that would be going back to his uh, the incident in Ray County where he shot and killed a man. And um, within three years, I believe it was 2017, that case that, that case settled. There was a wrongful death action in that case. Much of this was under the uh, mayor mayoralship of uh, Andy Burke and Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Hammond, who is a grade A piece of shit. He was a Trump guy before there ever was Trump and then just doubled down once he was emboldened by all this nonsense. More reason why words and actions are so uh, potentially dangerous. One more from that uh, court TV thing I found it, asking uh, Robin Flores, are there more of these Wilkies? Are there are there then, more Wilkies in this department? I mean, we see video of just, just him and other people. Do, are there more Wilkies, or was were the people around him just kind of afraid of him? And, and do you think that they'd let him do it, but didn't report him? Well, that's again some of our claims on a failure to protect and failure to report from the co-defendants that were involved in it. That in a roundabout way, what we're claiming is a pattern of practice of more than just uh, Daniel Wilkie, that there are there's a pattern with Hamilton County Sheriff's Office that they have individuals that are threats to the community and continue to retain them. Current uh, Hamilton County Sheriff Austin Garrett was uh, asked about this. He said that even though Wilkie's criminal charges were dismissed, he still believes Wilkie committed some sus- sustained policy violations. Garrett said he respects the court's decision that those violations didn't rise to the level of criminal intent. Wilkie was the deputy accused and part of baptizing the women in Saudi Daisy in exchange for lessening the charge. There's video of that. That's not alleged. There's video of this. If nothing else, the guy is just freaking weird, but it goes way worse, way more criminal than just a weird guy. And these are comments from that court TV Facebook page, whatever it was that I found earlier today. I'll read these and we'll move along to my uh, unfortunate run-in with the hackers on social media in the final segment of the show. I live in Ray County, was harassed for months by him after a simple possession charge. He even burst into my house one day while I was at work and threatened to arrest my girlfriend at the time if she didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. I was stopped around eight to nine times by him in the following months after he arrested me. His dad and brother are also Ray County 
officers. Another one says, I went to high school with the dude. He started his career in Ray County. Dude is sick. Straight up trips on power. Always did. I have so many friends he would harass growing up. Nothing ever gets done in Dayton, though. It's likely every lawyer, cop, and judge are related in the courtroom. I hope for what... I hope for what he is guilty for, he is charged with to the max degree. This is one person genuinely deserving. Of course, again, these are just people talking on a on a social media thread. There is nothing worse than a bad cop. When you meet a criminal, you expect something bad to happen. A cop that consistently and purposely abuses the immense power given to them deserves the harshest sentence possible. The worst of the worst. I'd soon hang out with a with serial killers than corrupt cops there's a special place in hell for them and it goes on and on from there and yes every single one of these damn accounts was thrown out there's body cam footage there's dash cam footage there is footage from the asshole that was with them cop on his own cell phone these dumbasses aren't even smart enough to cover up the cams that they have to have they're also shooting it with their own damn cell phones this county and surrounding areas is full of corruption, police officers that are absolutely dangerous. Back the blue, no matter who, beware. That is a dangerous, dangerous take to have. And I know my cop buddies right now are really pissed off at me, but hey, it ain't my department. It ain't my industry. It isn't my, uh, the people I know and the people that I work with that are so dangerous to the citizens of the listenership of this podcast, the southeastern corner of Tennessee and all of the South and all over the country for that matter. What else is dangerous? Social media all the way around, but certainly the predators and the hackers that can come after you. And after 20 plus years of sovereignty in the social media world and priding myself on these numbnuts will never get me, well, I was gotten. And it almost could have been really bad for me. I'll explain what that is in a version of a story that I probably shouldn't tell. Well, I'll tell it next. If you take a, if you take a tumble, if you take a spill, there is a lesson to gets out i will lose my kids and i swear to god i will stand in the kitchen and put a fucking bread knife through my throat if that happens i only only looked at pictures and and beat one off on camera that's what they got yeah your hot little face blurred fist dick burping fucking spunk everywhere your mum's gonna love that on facebook twitter insta fucking whatever and her friends all eyes on you giving it that Tossing the cunts at work, calling you spurty magoo, laughing at your cum face, making it their desktop wallpaper. It's not just weeks, we're talking years here. My pictures hang about on Google like a gypsy fucking curse. There's no cure for the internet. It would never go away. It would be glued to your name, a fucking stain on you. I'd hang myself if that was me. Crack my fucking neck at the first opportunity. So anytime I do anything involving the web, I play Bad Religion's 21st Century Digital Boy.
That was from, uh, sorry if it was hard to understand, that thick British accents. That was from a Netflix show called Black Mirror. And it's one of those shows that's a different show every time, and it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, like a new, new version, of modern-day version of the Twilight Zone. And I only watched one episode, and it was that one. And um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was these two guys, an older guy and then a younger kid, you know, early 20s, late teens. And they're both having the same problem with some hackers that are um, basically saying, do what I say or everything I have on you, I'm going to release to the public, to your family, to, um, to the world, and you're going to be humiliated. And, um, and it, it, it's a very twisted episode. It actually made me uh, quite disturbed when I watched it. And I never watched another episode of that show again. And um, it, was, it, it ended up with like murder and just like really, really twisted stuff. And, and so I hadn't thought about that show in a long, long, long time until this thing happened to me the other day, which I'll get to here in just a moment. First, from uh, Tech News World, social media account hijacking jumps 1,000% in the last 12 months. Hijacking of social media accounts has reached epidemic proportions in the last 12 months, according to Identity Theft Resource Center. The report also found that 70% of victims of high count, uh, of account hijacking were permanently locked out of their social media accounts, and 71% had friends contacted by the hackers that compromised the their friends' account as well. There's also a strange Facebook bug that is sending friend requests automatically when you visit someone's profile, according to this, wherever I found this. Users on Twitter have started talking about this bug that is causing this automatic sending of friend requests and all you have to do is visit someone's profile, and the request will be sent. Um, I haven't noticed that necessarily, but I also haven't paid attention. And your social media account hasn't been hacked. It's been cloned. A recent Facebook post from a family member made me realize that I needed to write about an overused term. What is the term? Hacked. We all know what it means when we hear that a website was hacked or a company was hacked. Depending on the context, synonyms could be defaced or breached. At the end of the day, however, the term hacked is completely valid and used correctly in those situations. So when is it used incorrectly? When it is used to describe a social, a fake social media profile. Once you were responding to the fake profile or have accepted the friend request, malicious links or scam conversation can begin. Also, if you've now given access to your profile by accepting a friend request, the malicious individuals or bots now have the ability to harvest your information and propagate the scam. All right, that's not really news to anybody. We all know that that kind of stuff is going on. Uh, mirrored accounts, uh, fake accounts, trying to get you to do whatever. I'm not really all that sure because I have never been hit by one of these. I have never fallen for this. And I have prided myself on that. Over 20 years, long, way more than 20 years, 22, 23 years I've been doing social media, either as long as you have or longer than you have. And I have never been substantially or effectively hacked in any kind of real way. Not that I can remember anyway. And if it was something that was so minor, it, all it took was a password change to fix it. Well, all that has changed 
as of last week. And I have been get hit up with hackers all the time. And I, as long as I think you're a person, I accept all friend requests on Facebook and all social medias. All social media is for me is a platform to promote. That's all it's there for. I'm not there to debate things with you. I'm not there to be your, your actual friend. I'm there to be your actual friend in real life. And so I, um, I, I let these things come in and I have thousands of people, just nonsense I see all over the place of people I don't know who they are. And generally speaking, they're real people. Every now and again, I see a bot come through and sometimes I'll just have a little fun with it to try to see if it's a real person. And I have actually decided at one point that I never got around to doing that I was going to continue doing this to create or, or to build, I should say, a um, an arsenal of all of these these examples to then make a segment on on this show. Like I always talk about, all I'm ever trying to do in life is have fun, enjoy myself, and find a story, find something in here, in whatever this is. To, um, to tell a story about, because there's always something somewhere if you look hard enough. And I just remembered earlier today when I was putting this together, I made a note to self when I got a scam call not that long ago, and this one was fantastic. I have got to get an app on my phone that just, if just with a touch of a button, you can start recording phone calls. I assume that exists. I wasn't able to do that here. I got a call from somebody, clearly somebody with like an Indian uh, accent, that I had won, I wrote it down here in my, or typed it to myself, note to self, from March, that I had won $8.3 million, two TVs, a car, and a shopping spree. I'm not exactly sure why the this bot account, that call, didn't just stop at $8.3 million, but they continued with all these wonderful things that I had won. And it was quite literally, I need you to go to the Dollar General down the street, and I it was pretty eerily spooky how much they knew there is a Dollar General right down the street here. Of course, there's a Dollar General down the street from anybody, and I needed to get a money order and send it. And so I'm playing along. I'm like, oh, man, this is so great. I'm so excited. I've won $8 million. <laughs> oh, this is great. And I keep these people or this person on the line for a good amount of time until they eventually realize that I am just pretty much screwing with them. And then they cut and run, hung up on me, and that was it. And I was like, damn it, I would have loved to have every bit of that recorded to play back. I have two or three other Facebook messenger messaging back and forth with quote-unquote females. Hey, how you doing, honey? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? And then just for bleeps and giggles... I would go along with it, and eventually, again, with the idea that I would put it together for a show. Well, that happened to me last week, and it happened and could have potentially been very bad for me, and I probably shouldn't even tell you about it. I probably should cut my losses and move along, but it's so good, I can't help myself. So I get this Facebook response. friend request from somebody named Mary Barry. Clever name. And so clearly, I know this is not a real person. But I went ahead and accepted it to see if it was a real person, then realized it wasn't. And then normally what you're going to do if you accept one of these, you're going to get a a messenger uh, message pretty quickly. And I got one here. I'm going to read it to you. 
And I'm going to tell you as it goes along what happened here. And we'll see how long this takes. So it says, hello, how are you? I said, what's up? She responds, I'm fine. I admit I do not know you, but I'm sorry if my request for friends bothers you. And I said, no, not at all. What's up? I live in Dayton, Tennessee, and I'm 24 years old. And you? Well, I'm 43, and I live in Chattanooga. I promise you, I don't think this is real. I'm playing here. Now, you could say Brian is lying, but, you know, why would I do that? I am happy to meet you as friends on Facebook. I work as an interior decorator. And you? Oh, cool. I work in an office. And this is where I'm trying to bait it here. I said, you seem really cool. She responds, Mary Berry. I am single without children. And you? Oh, I am definitely single and definitely no children. Ha ha. I hope my question does not bother you. I just want to get to know each other. And I responded, no, not at all. Oh, cool. What are you doing? Well, I'm just laying around. Mary, Be- Mary Berry says, I'm in bed watching the TV. Can you do me a favor? I respond, sure, exclamation point. Now it starts to get good. I'm naked in my room and very hot, and I now want to be envied by the camera. But promise me it will stay between us, question mark, question mark, heart emoji, question mark. I responded, of course. Promise me that it stays between us, right? (laughs) Absolutely. You can trust me. I feel like we have a strong connection. (laughs) Okay. Are you alone now, she asks. I said, yes. We'll accept my call and you will see me on camera, okay? And I said, okay, call, I'm waiting. So then I get a call, a video call, and I answer it. And it is a not live woman, barely dressed, you know, in just bra and panties likely, I can't remember exactly, and quickly starting to take them off. This is clear. This is something that's coming from some kind of webcam, likely filmed, you know, at, at another time. It says, hi, babe. Show me yourself well. Show me your face. Well, now, unfortunately, at this point, my camera is facing me when I answer the call. So there is my face on the camera. And I'm like, okay, well, I sure as hell don't want this. All right. So I try to move the, the phone away so my camera, I can't be seen to, move, to switch it off or whatever. And I'm, I'm just, this doesn't take long. This is a matter of a couple minutes tops. She says, show me yourself in cam. You are very beautiful. I'm starting to get naked now. And I want you to lower the cam on your cock. To get more excited on cam, okay? And then the call drops. She calls back. Don't be shy. I also want to... Hold on. Don't be shy. I also want you to excite me with your beautiful cock, okay? And then I put, uh, get lost, C-word. See you next Tuesday. Uh, Mary Berry continues... Go turn the cam on your cock now. Don't be shy. I also want you to excite me. And she says the same thing over again. And I said, fuck off. 
<laughs> then, this is when I realized it wasn't a bot, that this was actually somebody on the other end. Said, or are you gay? Question mark. I responded, am I gay? Question mark, exclamation point. Go drop Cam on your cock now. If you think I'm not real, you can block me or remove me from your friends. I responded with, oh, thanks for the social media life hack. Yeah, no shit, Mary Berry. Then, here's where things get a little dicey, all right? She sends me a message now with a bunch of screenshots of my face and then what looks like a penis, okay? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven screenshots. Four of them are my face. And here's where it it starts to get spooky. Know that everything you just did on cam was recorded on my computer. So keep calm and answer all my questions. I advise you stay calm and answer me as soon as I talk to you. If you don't want your nude video to go around the world and also around your city. So stay calm and do everything I ask you. If you want us to put an end to this story, okay? And I'm like, all right, what what the hell's going on here? I didn't I didn't pull my anything out on this camera. I promise you, I didn't. Then I get a screenshot sent to me of my brother, my sister, my aunt, and my cousin. Upon further review, looking at this later, I see it says Friere Secure. Tante and Membre de la Familia. Familia. Turns out later after I looked some of this stuff, this is a French account. But I'm still getting, a, getting pretty nervous here. Wait a second. Hold on. My 80-year-old aunt in, in California. My cousin in Chicago. Then it says, so you want me to send these nude pictures and your video to all these people now? Yes or no? You only have five seconds to answer me or I start posting everything. And then there's a countdown. Zero. One second. Two seconds. Three seconds. Then another screenshot of my aunt. Again, 80 years old in California. Do you want this video of you you naked published or deleted? Don't try to go offline if you don't want me to act. And so don't touch the smile. I'm assuming it means the smile emoji. If you go offline, I'm starting to make your life a hell on earth because you'll see that I'm going to destroy your life. I respond with get bent. The next one. At the moment, if you have this idea of going to the police, run quickly and do it, my love. One thing you will only make the situation worse and you will push me to the end. I swear to you that no one will be able to stop me from broadcasting, sharing, and publishing this video of you all over the world and putting it within reach of all your loved ones, as well as your parents and your friends. The next is a screenshot of my sister. And then another countdown. Zero seconds. One second. Two seconds. I responded. My next podcast is going to be good. Thanks for the material. I'll send you a link. Mary Berry, listen to me very well. I just saved all your acquaintances and friends from Facebook in my computer. So if you think blocking me will be the solution, you're wrong. 
So don't try to block me or I'll start sending the video to your loved ones, okay? I respond, do you like podcasts? Question mark. Don't try to go offline if you don't want to see me act. And so don't, and then she responds, that was the same thing I read before. So if all this looks like fun to you, then go ahead. Try to play tough. Hold my head or even try to play runaways, and you'll see if I, if I would waste a single moment sharing this video of you with your knowledge and the, with you with your knowledge and place of work. I imagine that this is what you want. Uh, the last two here, another screenshot of my sister, another screenshot of my aunt, another screenshot then of the five or six with my face and what appears to be somebody's below the waist, um, genitalia. That's not mine. So you will negotiate with me so that I delete the video or do you want me to continue posting this everywhere? The final response I had was, you are quadrupling my listenership for next week. Would you like me to send you a link to my podcast? And that was it. At During all of this, I had deleted her, it, bought this thing off of my account. And I was a little bit nervous because I looked at what they had, she had sent, she, it, the bot, the people, the scammers sent a a group message to all the people I just mentioned. Cousin in Chicago, aunt in Chicago, excuse me, aunt in, in, in California, my brother in Nashville, and my sister here in Chattanooga. And it was a group message. And it was a video that was a picture that was me on video. And I flipped the camera off. It shows me flipping the camera off. And then it cuts away to somebody masturbating. And it was not me. If it was me, I just wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't spend 20 minutes talking about it. So they spliced it together and tried to scare the F out of me. And for a second, they kind of did. And I guess my aunt and my cousin got this. My sister I saw removed herself from the group message. I talked to my brother later that day and said he just deleted all the minute it came through because it looked like just your traditional, hey, look at this. I saw you here. Click here. Oh, my God. OMG. Like that kind of thing. And But it looked really real, except for if anybody thinks my penis is that big, I, well, at least I get that out of it. And it was uncircumcised as well. So, <laughs> so it definitely wasn't me. Uh, if I'm going to masturbate on camera, it sure as hell isn't going to be to somebody called Mary Barry who speaks in broken English through Facebook Messenger. Um, but it the minute that all this was going on, for a second, my heart was racing. I was quickly like, OMG, damage control. What do I do? My aunt's going to see this. She's not going to know any different. My cousin's going to, oh, God. And uh, <laughs> this is not good. Even though it's not real, it's not good. And they, it appears that because they realized they didn't really get me, they just, it's all gone, deleted, out, see you later, nothing to see here. And, um, and then, as I'm running late here, and we'll wrap things up in a second, I posted on social, on, on Facebook, that, um, that after 20 plus years, I have been hacked. Don't touch anything you see from me. Uh, my apologies, FYI, that kind of thing. Within the next Two to three, four, five, six, seven minutes. It had 30 or 40 reactions. Thumbs up, likes, smiley faces, angry emojis. 
and 14 or 15, 16, 17 comments, all from hackers and different kinds of accounts that I'm assuming are all bots and that somehow through this infiltration of me, the keywords brought them all in and it's click here to save your information. Click here to get your life back. Click here to do this. And a couple of people started commenting on it that I know well and they're like, this is the scammiest thing I've ever seen. And then I respond to, I was like, yeah, this one's a doozy. Um, next thing I know, I'm starting to seeing posts from people that I know that are now bots and scams. I then immediately deleted that, changed all passwords, notified everything to Facebook, uh, screenshot everything, printed off 25 pages, all this sitting here, tw- all this off. For fodder for the show and ammunition for the show and also for any reason that I might need to cover any tracks if this were to go further than this. I went to work nervous. I was like, oh my God, if they start sending this stuff to work or what? I mean, this could be bad. This could be really bad. And in the end, it wasn't. In the end, in the end it was no big deal. But um, so there's my scam segment. And I won't be doing that anymore. I learned... My lesson, all of that is true. In hindsight, it's quite humorous. But for a few minutes, it felt like an episode of one of the creepiest, spookiest, most uh, disturbing hours of television I've ever watched from the Black Mirror, where it was eerily similar. And um, so, yeah, lesson learned. Don't be a dumb guy like me. And don't play around with hackers and bots and people from across the globe just to get a rise out of people, even though in the end of the day, I got what I was looking for. But I assure you, I won't do that again. And that's all I got for you this week. That was definitely a story that I easily could not have told and maybe should not have told. But um, no harm, no foul in the end. But man, I'm telling you, I was freaked, freaked out. All right, that hour went by quick. It's only 9 o'clock. I got a whole night left. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye.